Lord. Good to be here. And we're going to open our Bibles to 2 Kings in chapter 5, a well-known story. We often refer to this one, but I'd like to start here today. 2 Kings chapter 5. Uh, we're going to start here in verse 1. Uh, now Naaman, <coughs> captain of the host of the king of Syria, was a great man with his master and honourable because by him, so the Lord obviously used this man, Naaman, uh, the Lord had given deliverance unto Syria. He was also a mighty man in valour, but he was a leper. And the Syrians had gone out by companies and had brought many captive out of the land of Israel, a little maid, and she waited on Naaman's wife. So uh, this is a time when the Assyrians, uh, and led obviously by Naaman, the captain of the army, uh, were attacking Israel, the northern kingdom of Israel. Um, as uh, Pastor Darrell reminded us very recently, uh, in 975 BC, the kingdom of Israel split into two kingdoms, a northern kingdom with ten tribes and, a, and known as the kingdom of Israel and the southern kingdom with uh, Judah and Benjamin. Uh, uh, they were known as the kingdom of Judah. They were the southern kingdom. Uh, this, what the Bible's talking about here with the Assyrians uh, taking uh, some of the Israelites captive, uh, this little maid is mentioned. This is about a hundred years later. And then, of course, uh, about 150 years later on again, the Assyrians, God used the Assyrians to actually take the northern kingdom of Israel captive because of their rebellious uh, rebellion against him and their sinful ways. And, uh, you know, he... Uh, warned them many times, eventually they were taken captives and they were never to return uh, to that land again. Uh, that was the ten northern tribes, the northern kingdom. That took place, as I said, quite a bit after this time. Um, the southern kingdom, as we know, they were then uh, taken captive by the Babylonians sometime later again. But I want to focus on particularly this man, Naaman, for a little while here to set up... Uh, what we want to talk about uh, today. And uh, some of the uh, words that are used here um, to describe this man are quite remarkable, really. Um, he, was, uh, he was great, um, which means he was noble, uh, proud, uh, mighty, you know, obviously had a lot of status, uh, and uh, he was honourable also, which to me that means he was obviously... Um, uh, pretty fair in his dealings with people. He's honest and honourable and just and all of those uh, good qualities uh, in his dealings uh, with others. Uh, the Bible here talks about the fact that he was mighty, uh, it, which means he was valiant. He was a strong uh, warrior, you know, uh, and uh, obviously his army life had uh, gone a long way to shaping him in his uh, discipline and his manner. Uh, in which he conducted himself and led his people or his uh, his soldiers. He was uh, also suggests there mighty being quite powerful. Uh, he was a, a man of valour. Uh, we read here, and uh, which uh, sort of uh, the Bible says, uh, you know, the amplification says that he was a man of perhaps wealth, 
lot of virtue, a lot of good stuff, a man of strength, a man of uh, lots of uh, resources, personal resources and maybe other resources as well. So what I'm getting at is that this man uh, was shaped by his uh, life and had produced this sort of person, uh, a man experienced by the things that life uh, uh, threw at him, I suppose, the things that he experienced. uh, Obviously, being a captain, he was a leader of men. So he had to understand men. He had to know how to lead men. He had to know how to encourage men, how to uh, give a good example to men, how to discipline men. Uh, so, you know, uh, he had to be understood. His commands had to be obeyed. Uh, and uh, he, was, um, he, he was all of those things, obviously. Uh, he also, uh, being in the army, was quite disciplined himself, obviously. Uh, very experienced in dealing with opposition, in dealing with enemy, in dealing with hard things, in dealing with adversity. He would have been able to do all that. He'd experienced all of these things. Therefore, these things had shaped his life, had made him the man who he was, a man of valour and mighty and valiant. And all these words are used to describe him. Um, he's obviously quite resilient. You know, he w- they wouldn't have war- um, when you fight battles, uh, obviously you've got to overcome. You've got to deal with enemy. And uh, sometimes you... Uh, get hit pretty hard and you have setbacks. You might have some defeats. You've got to bounce back from all of that. Well, he would have been able uh, to experience all of those times and uh, he's experienced much of life which had taught him and developed him and made him this great, honourable, mighty man of valour. He has learned a lot, obviously, by life experiences. John Keats, who's quite a well-known British poet, uh, said, nothing ever becomes real until it is experienced. And that's true. We can talk, we can theorise, we can imagine, but it becomes your reality when you personally experience it. And this man had experienced a lot of things and he's shaped by these many things in this quite remarkable life that he lived uh, and uh, he had gone through what we would call, and this is the title of our talk today, the School of Hard Knocks. The School of Hard Knocks. And, um, well, if you try and look for a definition of the School of Hard Knocks, you probably won't find us, but I guess the best way we can put it together is the the University of Life, the School of Life, of going through what this man went through. And I just picked out a few bits and pieces but the Bible describes him with having all these qualities about him. And it's, so it's the wisdom and the experience that you acquire, the learning that you acquire when you go through things in life, when you actually experience them, when they become a reality to you. And that shapes you and it makes you and uh, how you deal with them. You know, that's the school of hard knocks. Uh, quite often, of course, the school of hard knocks is referring to difficult times you go through, times where it's troublesome. And we heard last week from Pastor Darrell, you're going to have trouble. You know, you will have trouble. Jesus said that. But be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. And, of course, uh, 
that's what the school of hard knocks will do. Trouble will visit your life. It'll be there. If you haven't had any, hang around for a while. It'll soon come after you. You know, unpleasant things will happen. Things will knock you around. Hang around and it will happen. Um, you know, so it's the things that we experience through going through troubles, unpleasant things, hardships, difficulties, adversities, things that would uh, perhaps rejection. That's a big one in our world. Um, malice, ill will. Not everybody wants to be nice to you, uh, you know, and uh, the world is full of sinful behaviour. Evil things are done to people. And uh, so there are hardships, there are troubles, there are disappointments in life. It's the school of hard knocks. Albert Einstein said, there is only one road to human greatness and that's through the school of hard knocks. Now, we're not talking today particularly about human greatness, but I'd like to use the example that this guy, you know, he wasn't in the Lord, but the Lord used him. And, um, well, Naaman was great. The Bible says so. He was uh, great in his life, I suppose. And uh, what I want to highlight today about the greatness of Jesus Christ as we go through the school of hard knocks, that Jesus Christ can shine in us, that the knowledge of, our, of, of him can be greatly increased, that we can grow in our experiences of the Lord as we go through this remarkable school, the school of life, the school of hard knocks. So, uh, you know, the, the whole point of this talk really is to be able to go through these things and the adversities and the troubles and the put-downs and the rejections and be able to really tap in to Jesus Christ and his nature and how he dealt with all of it because that is what growth and learning is all about. There is the word school. That's the school of hard knocks. It's mean, meant to teach us. And what I'd like to uh, recommend to you today is that it's meant to teach us about the greatness of Jesus Christ that can really grow in us. Uh, despite all of Naaman's uh, great experience here and the life that he experienced and everything that he had learned, another hard knock had come. He was a leper. He never, he never expected this one, perhaps. He never, uh, you know, he, he didn't see it coming, perhaps. But this is pretty serious. You know, all of a sudden, for all the greatness that he, he's achieved and, uh, and this mighty man of valor is struck down by this latest hard knock in his life. He is a leper. It's serious. Reminds me of a day in March 2015. Personally, for Barbara and I, uh, when we sat down with the doctor and uh, he put some photographs in front of us and uh, said, well, you've got bowel cancer and it's quite advanced. Look at my wife. Uh, one moment you walk in and you're, you're cruising, I guess. Next moment, something like that comes into your life and you've got to sort of uh, deal with it. It's the school of hard knocks. It happens. Is it? 
you know, we don't, we can't analyze why and, uh, you know, what, what did I do wrong or anything like that. It's just what happens. Uh, so, so, um, it's something you have to learn from. It's something you have to deal with. It's something you've got to grow from. It's something you've got to seek the Lord about. And here in verse three, we read, and she, that is this little maid, now, quite often we focus on this little maid because it's quite remarkable. Here she is taken by Naaman's army and she's now serving in Naaman's household, being a maid to his wife. Uh, she could have been very resentful for the situation she finds herself in, being captive in a foreign land, away from everything that she loved in her own home of Israel. Um, but and we often focus on her that even though she's not given a name, here she is preaching the good news. She's telling people about what the Lord can do, even though these people are not don't know the Lord. She speaks up. She preaches the gospel. You know, we may not have a great might or great swelling words or a great influence or whatever, but we can speak up when it's our turn to preach the gospel, to tell people there is hope. There is Jesus Christ. There is a way that God can deal with you and help you to deal with it, of course. And she said to her mistress, Would God, my Lord, were with the prophet that is in Samaria, uh, for he would rec uh, recover him of his leprosy. Verse 4, And one went in and told his Lord, saying, Thus and thus said, said the maid, and this... Uh, uh, that is of the land of Israel. So she preached this uh, gospel, which, uh, of course, we've always got to be uh, willing, regardless of the situation we find in. This this little maid could have said, well, you know, you lot have done a lot of wrong things to me, and uh, why should I uh, say good things to you? But no, that's not the way the gospel works, is it? It's... Uh, uh, she just opened her mouth and said the few words that she needed to say and offer the hope and the power of God uh, to these people. She offered that the Lord could help and could heal and could save and could make well. So Naaman is about to learn in this knock on his life, you know, this latest one, he's going to learn a big lesson. And I'd like to take you through the lesson because... It's the way we learn as well. It's the way we learn to tap into the Lord. It's the way we learn to approach the Lord and experience the Lord and to help us and to save us and to heal us and to help us to overcome whatever hardship or difficulty or adversity has come our way. A letter is sent from the king of Assyria <coughs> to the king of Israel, <coughs> who, by the way, the king of Israel reacted quite badly. In fact, in verse 7, you might pick it up there, it says, And it came to pass when the king of Israel read the letter that he rent his clothes and said, Am I God to kill and to make alive that this man does send me to recover a man of his leprosy? Wherefore consider, I pray you, and see how he seeth to quarrel, a quarrel against me. He seeks a quarrel. He, want, he just wants to pick a fight with me. But uh, anyway, that was the reaction of the king of Israel. However, eventually 
he gets to the right man, and that is, of course, Elisha. And we pick it up here in verse 8. And it was so when Elisha, the man of God, had heard that the king of Israel had rent his clothes, that he sent to the king, saying, Wherefore, as they rent thy clothes, let him come to me, and he shall know that there is a prophet in Israel, that there is the word of God in Israel. So Naaman came uh, with his horses and with his chariot and stood at the door of the house of Elisha. And Elisha sent a messenger out to him, saying, Go and wash in the Jordan seven times, and thy flesh shall come again to thee, and thou shalt be clean. God's word, with power, with authority, from the man of God. Obey it. Do what it's telling you to do. Don't argue with it, and you'll experience the power of God. You'll be healed of your leprosy. How good is that? You'd think that would be <clears throat> most welcome news. You know, you can have a powerful experience. You can be healed by the power of God. What? Why would you even hesitate? Why wouldn't you grab with it and just jump in this in this uh, river seven times? More if the prophet said so. Uh, just uh, let me experience the power of the word of God. It's not what happened initially. Verse 11, not, uh, net, but Naaman was wroth and he went away and he said, Behold, I thought he will surely come out to me and stand and call on the name of the Lord his God and strike his hand over the place and recover the leper. Verse 12, are not Abana and um, far, far, it sounds like far lap a bit, uh, rivers of Damascus, better than all the waters of, uh, of Israel, may I not wash in them and be clean? So he turned and went away in a rage. <laughs> this, this guy is very upset. Uh, and verse 13, And his servants came near and spake unto him and said, My father, if the prophet had bid thee do some great thing, wouldst thou not have done, done it? How much rather then? when he says to thee, wash and be clean. A bit of reasoning, a bit of wisdom has been applied, you know, a bit of uh, rational thinking. Uh, come on, come to your senses, man. Why are you so uh, troubled and upset and in a rage? Why is your pride come up in your face in this way? You've got a, a great opportunity here to experience something wonderful in your life and you're letting your own pride uh, come up and get in your way. Um, and so he's, he's going to learn, uh, you know, that um, <clears throat> he, he's got a lot to learn really uh, from this school of hard knocks in this particular instance because, uh, you know, if he doesn't change his approach here, uh, the only thing he's going to learn out of this experience is that he's going to be a leper for a long time and life as a leper uh, is pretty bad. You're an outcast. So he's going to go from being an honourable man, a man of valour, a man of great standing, you know, uh, to suddenly being an outcast with leprosy, which is pretty bad. I mean, it's only uh, they've only been able to heal uh, leprosy <laughs> very, very recently. Right? So uh, there's no cure for this. He was going to be uh, 
stricken with this horrible disease for the rest of his life, but he managed to hear the voice of reason. He managed to humble himself. And that's what he needs to do. And if you're going to come to the Lord and experience the Lord, you can't come with your pride, obviously. And I thought this, and I want this, and I think this. There's so much of it. We live in the world of everybody's got an opinion. Well, God's got a word, and it's powerful. And if you can humble yourself to the word of God, you'll experience the fullness and the power of God. And all the people said, Amen. And that's the way it works. Humble yourself in the sight of the Lord, and he will lift you up. Verse 14, Then went he down, dipped himself seven times in the Jordan, according to the saying of the man of God. And his flesh came again like the flesh of a little child, and he was clean. How good is that? He'd never experienced that, but he has now. He's been healed by the power of God. The Lord is well able to save, to heal, to make well. He's well able to change us, to shape our lives, to transform us within by the power of the Holy Ghost, to set us free from our sinful nature, you know, which binds us up and ties us down, where we can experience the fullness and the greatness of Jesus Christ. And that will change us from within. We are a new creation in the Lord. You know, no more are we bound up by the old ways, but we can experience this wonderful new nature. And I'd like to take you through uh, a bit of the, a bit of that as we go through. But this is a great lesson about being humble because that's what Jesus tells us to do. Take my yoke upon you. Learn of me. And what do you find? He's meek. He's lowly in heart. Learn of me. Learn to be like I am. Learn to be meek and lowly in heart. That's what the Lord is saying. And you'll find my yoke is easy. My burden is light. You're going to find rest in your soul. You're going to be blessed by the Lord if you take on that attitude. Naaman had to learn the lesson here. And he did, praise the Lord. And uh, we can be set free, obviously, from from a nature which can really bind you up, which can be a real burden, which is our old nature. And the Lord says, learn of me. Be meek and lowly in heart. Approach me. Be obedient. Submit to my word. And what you'll find is it's easy. No longer a big, heavy burden. It's no longer your old nature, but it's the way of the Holy Ghost in you now. So... Uh, so that's really the lesson we've got to learn and the way we've got to approach it. Yeah, it's so much easier. You know, I was a leper, Lord, Naaman could now say, but look at me now. You know, and that's really the lesson of the School of Hard Knocks, to teach us, to humble ourselves, to approach the Lord, to take his yoke upon us and to be able to have just a, a remarkable experience from the Lord. You know, as I've been trying to teach my little grandson, Sabby, Sammy, it's yabba-dabba-doo time, Sammy. And uh, I call him little Barney and I'm Fred Flintstone. And, uh, but it's yabba-dabba-doo time for Naaman right here. Let's go to First Peter uh, chapter 4. Oh, we didn't read verse 15, but uh, there's a verse there that uh, that says that, you know, Naaman was pretty grateful what had happened to him. 
He wanted the world to know that there is a God in Israel and that the power of God is to be known. You know, he was praising the Lord. He was grateful to the Lord. Yes, he wanted to give Elisha some reward uh, and so on, which Elisha uh, didn't bother with, uh, of course. But nevertheless, uh, he was grateful. You know, he recognised that the victory was in the Lord. The victory is in Jesus Christ, of course. He is the one that is able to save us and give us that blessing. First uh, Peter chapter 4 and verse 12, we read here, Beloved, think it not strange concerning the fiery trial which is to try you, as though some strange thing happened unto you. So school of hard knocks happens. That's what the Bible is telling us here. But this is how to deal with it. Rejoice inasmuch as you are partakers of Christ's sufferings, that when his glory shall be revealed, you may be glad also with exceeding joy. So we will experience the school of hard knocks. However, we've got to understand that through it all, the Lord is really trying to teach us to press in and to use the power that God has given us, the Holy Ghost. And then when the Holy Spirit comes through, when the nature of Jesus Christ comes through, we're dealing with it not in the flesh but in the spirit, suddenly, you know, we've got the glory of the Lord and we're rejoicing and we're grateful and we've learned a mighty lesson and that's what happens. I mean, I love these words, exceeding great joy. So you're going through a trial, uh, a fiery trial, you're through the school of hard knocks, The hard knocks come your way and here it is. You're exceedingly joyful because you've learned how to approach the Lord and for the Lord to come through. Um, Maybe verse 14 it says, If you be reproached for the name of Christ, uh, happy are you for the spirit of glory and of God resteth upon you. On their part he is evil spoken of, but on your part he is glorified. So if you're really going to cop it and you're copping it because you're a Christian, because you're standing up for what is right, because you're standing up for believing what the Bible says is right, because you want to uphold the testimony of the Lord and you cop it for that, for those reasons, uh, because you're making a a stand, because your conduct and your behavior is what the Lord is pleased with, and you're going to be, get ridiculed, criticised, uh, pulled down, you know, you name it. People uh, don't like it. People don't like you standing for the word of God. It pricks them in their heart. They're uncomfortable with it. So the reaction is going to be to have a go at you. That happens a lot. It happened to me only yesterday. <laughs> you know, someone that we were just trying to preach the gospel to during the week. Uh, all I got was a tirade of, of self-justification. Um, and, uh, you know, in the end I said, oh, sorry, how, how can we help you again? <laughs> sort of, but if you be reproached for the name of Christ, happy are you because the Lord is glorified. So be happy, rejoice. It's a great time for the Holy Ghost to shine. It's a great time for the Lord to be magnified. It's a great time to show forth the praises of the Lord. 
So the school of hard knocks is about learning how to grow in the Lord, about how his testimony is to shine, about how his love can really uh, minister to us that, you know, that, wow, I've got the Lord, I've got his spirit, I've got his love, I'm so precious to him. You know, I'm uplifted, I'm encouraged, I'm edified by him. It's about humility, it's about submitting, it's about being obedient. Um, Barack Obama, by the way, um, who was uh, President of the United States from uh, eight years, from 2008 to 2016, this is a quote from him. We are reminded that in the fleeting time we have on this earth, what matters is not wealth or status or power or fame, but rather how well we have loved and what small part we have played in making the lives of other people better. Now, he was pretty good with words, uh, but it's not bad, you know. Um, it's, it's, well, to me, it's quite true. Uh, you know, we are to experience the love of the Lord in our lives, personal experience, first-hand experience your experience that the Lord loves you and cares for you and helps you and gives you the victory and the blessing and the provision. And that's the school. That's that's the, the school of our knock. The learning, the schooling part is to experience the Lord, to experience his power, to experience his nature. Hard knocks will happen. Fiery trials will happen. Reproach for the testimony of Jesus Christ will happen. But it's the learning, you know, and that's really uh, what I'd like to, perhaps if we go to First Peter chapter 2, one of my favourite scriptures, I know I use it a little bit, but um, I'm going to use it again today. You know, and how do you help others? You lift Jesus Christ up in your life. You lift me up, the Lord said, and I will draw all men onto me. The little maid lifted Jesus Christ up in the household of Naaman a place where she was taken to be a captive. She wasn't, uh, uh, you know, sort of uh, resentful of her situation. She just upheld the name of the Lord. And uh, she spoke. She preached the gospel. That's how you react. That's how you deal with adversity. And look what happened. A great miracle, the power of God, a great lesson in Naaman's life and for us to be able to learn from even today, you know, so, um, you know, the Lord um, gives us a great example here. I'd just like to go through it. Um, we've, we've got to handle lots of things, put-downs, malice, ill-will, bitterness, strife, trouble, and this is the Lord's example. He said, I want you to learn from this example. First uh, Peter chapter 2 and verse 19. For this is thankworthy, if a man for conscious towards God endure, endure grief, suffering wrongfully. Wow, you straight away you could have an argument with this verse and say, hang on, I've done nothing wrong and yet I'm suffering for it. But what the Lord is saying is, this is thankworthy, if a man for conscious towards God endure grief, suffering wrongfully. If you take it on the chin, you may be doing your very best and you still get knocked around. You know, it seems unfair. The Lord knows about it, but he's telling us to have a different approach here. 
He's, he's telling us to tap into the power of God. Verse 20. For what glory is it if when you be buffeted for your faults, you take it patiently? But, but if when you do well and you suffer for it, you take it patiently, this is acceptable with God. God's trying to develop a different nature in us, a nature of the Holy Ghost. He doesn't want us to react in the flesh but in the spirit and he wants to teach us that. That's what verse 20 is telling us. Verse 21, this is God's school. For even hereunto will you call, because Christ also suffered for us, leaving us an example that you should follow his steps. I want you to know what I've been through and how I dealt with it, so you've got a fantastic example always before you. You know, and, and that's what the Lord wants us to learn from, from his example from how he dealt with it. And let's just quickly look at it. Verse 22, who did no sin, so we have the sinless Son of God, the Lamb of God. Neither was God found in his mouth, who when he was reviled, reviled not again. When he suffered, he threatened not, but he committed himself to him that judges righteously. So that's how the Lord did it. The sinless Son of God had everything that the school of hard knocks could possibly throw at anybody. Torture, shame, spitting, hitting, uh, abuse, false accusations, you know, malice, ill will, you name it, all there, uh, ridicule. In fact, uh, I've written down in the margin, reviled, insulted, abuse, suffered, uh, he made no threats, took no vengeance. Uh, so, and that's the example. Wow. That's the example. That's what the Holy Ghost can do. And that's what we've got to tap into. Uh, this is the way a Lord expects us to use the Holy Ghost. Um, but that's the way of victory. This is the way of, uh, of the Lord. This is the way of the Spirit. This is a way of learning to put on the fullness of Jesus Christ, to do it his way. Okay? It works. It works. You'll grow in the Lord. You'll be blessed for it. You'll, you'll put on the nature of the Lord. You will grow. This is the school of hard knocks, and this is how to grow. It will help you to experience the love of God. You'll experience it firsthand. And boy, you'll rejoice in that. This is the victory that Jesus Christ gives us. We have victory in the Lord. We are more than conquerors through him that loved us. And this is how his love deals in the school of hard knocks. So we're free, of course, from fleshy reactions. We bury those in the waters of baptism. And it's an ongoing schooling, an ongoing teaching of the Holy Ghost to put that behind us. We're free from malice. We're free from ill will. We're free from bitterness and strife and revilings and threatenings. They're gone. That was the heavy burdens. They're f you're free from that now, praise the Lord. And uh, if the Son shall set you free, Jesus said, you're going to be free indeed. And this is his example. Be free people, free of all that stuff. Deal with it in the Holy Ghost. Deal with it in the way the, the example that Jesus is before you and you will find great victory.
you will experience and taste for yourself how gracious and how good and how much the love of God means to you. You know, they talk about self-esteem, they talk about worth, they talk about value, and these days it can be knocked around your life, your value, what you think is important, what you think is important about you and how you look or whatever it is. You know, these days there's a simple thing on the, on the social media, it's either that way or that way. Reminds me of Nero or someone like that. You know, the gladiators fighting the arena. Thumbs up, I oh, will let him live, or thumbs down, oh, let him die, whatever. You know, um, but that's what happens. I watched the show during the week about social media and uh, how far-reaching it is, how manipulative it is, and all, and we can be quite conditioned by it because uh, our life becomes validated whether we get the thumbs up. And if we get the thumbs down because our ears are too big or our nose is wonky or whatever, we're, oh, dear me, how can I possibly live? And that is impacting in a very negative and a very devastating way with pretty bad consequences, I might say, from what I saw on this program, uh, on people's lives. You know, hardly a hard knock, is it? Big deal. But that's what is happening. Depression abounds. Suicides abounds because, oh, wow, my life has no meaning and no purpose because I didn't get enough thumbs up or whatever it might be. It's just, it's just wacko, you know. And Lord says, try me on for size. Try putting on my nature and my spirit. I'll give you a bit of depth. I'll give you a bit of, of, of uh, value. You know, how precious is my blood? How precious is my sacrifice? How precious is my love to you? You experience it. That's where you'll find your self-esteem. That's where you'll find your worth in your life. Praise the Lord and all the people said. Life can throw whatever it likes against you. You know, my sacrifice is priceless. And when that's working in you by the power of the Holy Ghost, they can hit you with a bazooka and it won't matter. You'll be more than a conqueror through the love that Jesus has for you. Let's go to Joshua chapter 1. That's the school. That's how we want to grow. We want to follow his example. We want to use the Holy Spirit and, um, you know, his nature. It's his character and allowing that to develop in us. And it's ongoing. I'm coming up to 40 years in the Lord. <laughs> I remember when I first came, talking about anger. Uh, I hadn't been in the Lord all that long, but the, um, I remember getting very, very angry. I was just going to punch this guy's lights out. And, um, and, and I had, at the time, we actually had a brother staying with us. He was boarding with us. Um, and, and, and he said, oh, 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 read this scripture here. Read this scripture here. He's trying to show me, give me some good advice. And I actually said, I don't care what the Bible says. I'm going to punch his lights out. And, <laughs> He persevered, praise the Lord. <laughs> and eventually uh, he had some prayer with me and you know what? Um, the Lord fixed it up the very next day. I didn't have to punch any lights out. I learned a big lesson. I knew how to deal with anger because he showed me how the Word of God tells you to deal with anger. Anyway, so we want to grow in the Spirit. 
We want to grow in the character of the Lord Jesus Christ within us, obviously. And, you know, uh, here is a fellowship uh, where we, uh, well, we're commanded by the Lord to love one another, to love one another with a pure heart fervently. The new commandment I give unto you, that you love one another as I have loved you. You know, all of these remarkable scriptures. And that is what the fellowship is about. Support, encouragement, edification, help, whatever we can do to promote Christ, to encourage Christ in each other. Yet, for all of that, I mean, if you put your hopes on the world, <clears throat> you're going to be disappointed because it's a, you know, if you put your expectations on uh, out there, we have no expectations from the world. And we'll never be disappointed because we don't have any expectations. But, you know, here in the church, there are expectations, obviously. And yet, despite the environment that the Lord has produced in a spirit-filled church, there can still be letdowns. There can still be disappointments. Those sort of hard knocks can still come our way, even in this environment. And here we have to learn how to deal with disappointments. You know, um, it, it will happen. It's part of the school of hard knocks, even in the environment that the Lord has put us in. It happens and we've got to learn how to deal with it. Um, we have expectations, obviously, of one another in the Lord, you know, and uh, sometimes uh, I know myself personally, I've certainly had expectations and I've learnt over the, over the years that sometimes my expectations of people or how they I believe they should uh, react, um, um, my expectations are not uh, are pretty much based on myself and my own assessments and my own view and perhaps how it's impacting on me, you know, and so therefore... My, my expectation is pretty much self-centered uh, and I don't really have much appreciation for maybe the other side of it. Uh, other times, uh, and, and that can happen. That, that can happen. We don't have the full picture at times. But we can get disappointed. We can feel very much let down. And once again, the Apostle Paul says to Timothy, a young man, he's trying to teach him. No man stood with me, you know. Notwithstanding, the Lord stood with me. He's the one that strengthened me. Again, we've got to learn. How do we deal with it? They will come our way and we've got to learn to deal with it. And this is where I want to just finish off here in Joshua chapter 1. Hopefully I haven't got too much over time. Um, Pastor Darrell dealt with this verse in the New Testament last week. In the Amplified Version, great verse in uh, Hebrews 13, verse uh, 5. Well, here it is in Joshua chapter 1, verse 5. There shall, no, uh, there shall not any man be able to stand before you all the days of thy life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with thee. I will not fail thee, nor forsake thee. And that's the lesson. I will never disappoint you. That's what the Lord says. I will never let you down. You know, people can. And our expectations of people can 
make us feel quite disappointed from time to time. It's part of the hard knocks that comes our way. We've got to learn to deal with it. Well, this is how we deal with it. Look to me, Joshua. I'll never let you down. You know, he's always uplifting. He is always encouraging. He is always inspiring. He is always edifying us. He is always there. He always gives us strength. He always gives us understanding. He always comforts us. And all the people said, always, never let you down, never forsake you, never disappoint you. The world will disappoint us constantly. Sometimes we'll have our disappointments even in the fellowship. However, the idea is to learn that it's the Lord who will never disappoint us. Look full in his wonderful face and the disappointments of life will fade away. Praise the Lord. So verse 7, only be thou strong, very courageous, that they mayest observe to do according to all the law which Moses my servant commanded thee. Turn not from it to the right hand or to the left, that thou mayest prosper wherever thou goest. So keep praying, keep looking to me, keep lifting me up in my life, in, in, in your life. No. Jesus Christ knew all about disappointments. Let me quote to you Psalm 41, I think it is. Yea, my own familiar friend, in whom I trusted, which did eat at my table, and um, bread, uh, eat of my bread, he has lifted up his heel against me. It was a prophecy of what Judas would do. Betraying the Lord with a kiss. Friend, you come to me in this way to betray me, you know. So the Lord knows what it's like. You know, we, we'll never experience anything like that. But what I'm getting at is if we tap into the Lord, if we look to him, if we seek him in the spirit, he knows how to deal with us. That's the beauty of it, you know. So I know how to minister to you. I know how to lift you up. I know how to give you a new, a new nature so you will able to deal with it. You know, keep your eyes on, on me. I'll not fail you. I'll never let you down. Verse nine, just to finish. Have I not commanded thee, be strong and of good courage. Be not afraid, neither be thou dismayed, for the Lord thy God is with thee, wherever thou goest. Don't be dismayed by the school of hard knocks. Learn of me, follow my example, follow my spirit, use my spirit, obviously, obey my word, I'll never let you down. You'll re- I'll never let you down. That's what the Lord is saying. You'll rock it up to be with me forever, is what he's saying. Amen. 